You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast brought to you by Drip Drop. Not that, but Drip Drop. And Drip Drop RS was invented to treat dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. Uh, it's used by doctors, created by doctors, also used by military members, firefighters, athletes, the Garage Guys, the Garage Fam. If you've, if you've listened to the show by now, you've heard me say this a million times. So it's time to use promo code GarageGuys20 at DripDrop.com. Make it happen. And get the drip. I'm, about to, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a new catchphrase. It's a secret catchphrase, Drew, for DripDrop. What is it? I'm, I'm going to tell you about it off air. Because it's okay. going to come out of nowhere. And people are going to be like, whoa. Okay. Why did I never you think about different this? Oh, I do? Yeah. yeah. Um, I was, uh, you know, I, I, I realized that, that the, uh, the hippie look, you know, like when I, I decided to grow my hair out really long, I just poured a ton of miracle Girl on my head and, um, and it got really long. So I had to go cut it off. Um, and the basketball jerseys in the washing machine, um, they got these guys that are like supposedly like toting guns around wearing Hawaiian shirts. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to be affiliated with those guys. So I decided I'm bringing stripes back. So right down okay. the middle, I'm going to get bowling shoes tomorrow, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be a professional bowler that likes you NASCAR. Really do like a professional bowler. <laughs> I've been told by like three people already on Instagram. <laughs> so it's uh I don't know like I, I just I thought that it was stripe season. I haven't seen these shirts since like the early 2000s, or like since Charlie mm-hmm. Sheen was relevant. So mm-hmm. I was like. But even even the Sheenster, even he wore like the one single stripes. Like I think that's more like a bowling thing. This is more like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Romeo and Juliet style, like ninety eight, ninety nine. Like, and that that could even be more in the future than that movie came out. But uh, we're we're bringing yeah. it back. Stripes are coming back. It's time for you to go find some stripes. You got, I see right there. You got the horizontals. So yeah, I'm rocking I'm the verticals. Horizontal and vertical boy. That's it. That's where we are. We're we're just constantly we're confusing you with our stripes. It's like the end of uh, it's like the end of that one movie, Interstellar, with uh, with Matthew McConaughey, where he's in that room where there's vertical and horizontal stripes, and it's like, okay, so this whole podcast is canceled. Drew's going to watch Interstellar. Is that good? I've heard it's, it's that good. No, it's that good. If you don't, if you don't. No, okay. redheaded chick. I can't think of her name. But if uh, you don't watch it, if you don't watch it, you're doing yourself an injustice. And if you don't at least have one single almost tear come out of your eye, even if you sneeze and get like a little tear, then I don't know how you can can go to sleep because it's like it, there's there's one moment in that movie that just will tear you apart inside. Is it is it Amy Adams? Yes, I think so. Okay. Maybe. Don't know. Red-haired girl. That's it. If you if you if you're googling it right now, then you know the answer. Yeah, All right. Good name. We're doing it. Yep. We're googling. No. It's her. No. This year's interesting. I'm sure Amy Adams. I thought it more than 
No, I don't think so. All right. Well, she's a girl. She's got red hair, and she acts good. IMDb. I'm sorry. I'm going Here we down go. this path. Here we Entertain go. Entertain the people. Can't break it. Can't break it. All right. Here we path. go. Anne yes. Hathaway, Jessica Chastain. Those are the two. It's Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, and Jessica Chastain are the three biggest people in the movie. There you go. All right. It's settled. It's settled. We figured it out. <laughs> Interstellar, garage, garage flicks of the week. Haven't had one of those in a while. Go watch it. Um, there was something interstellar that did happen, though. If we're going to talk about things that are stellar, um, you bagged attorney again for, like, what is it, like the fourth time this season? I think that's three on the season. Four. Little chef special. Yeah. We should pull Go, it up for the people. Pull it up. Pull it up for them, for them, for them boys and girls. And you, don't, you didn't even see it until the next day. It was like an extra surprise for you. I like, yeah, I was off Twitter. Like, I just got off Twitter and I went bang drums for a few hours and I woke up and I was like, yo, this is happening. Okay, here we go. Everyone knows we use Zoom now. What are you seeing right now? I am seeing Diener 23, 3,125 bones. Okay. I thought I was on my, my other screen, which wouldn't have been good, so. Um, I had to make sure Ooh, we're on the right yeah, screen here. Gotta hide, the, uh, gotta hide those links. <laughs> okay, I'm uh, chopping away at a snowball right now, guys. So pay me no mind. Yeah. Hey, keep chopping. One of my best friends told me to keep chopping at life. Instead of keep grinding, I want you to say keep chopping. Am I a Braves fan now? Keep chopping. Oh, that, that is their slogan. Yeah. Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Alex Bowman, Eric Jones, Eric Amarola, and Corey LaJoy. What That's a the big one, sight. right? That's the big boy. Even though, that was like, the big move. That's and that's the thing. I mean, you didn't need your uh, you didn't need your punt play to score a ton of points. I mean, he only finished twenty first, and I think he started like twenty third, twenty fourth. Right. He didn't I score think. a ton, but point being, was, the reason I won this was not having a. Most of these people were pretty chalky, obviously by the ownership percentages here. Um, the, I was really, really overweight on Bowman. I had 65% Bowman, and he, and he was 33% owned. Um, Hamlin, I was about 45% on him, so I was a little bit over the field. Me and you obviously were high on Harvick, um, as, as usual. I'm probably going to be high on him again this week. Um, and then, then Jones. Jones finally paid us back. I know you put a tweet out about that. The Jones boy. He didn't fail us. But, yeah, that Eric Almarola, though, man um, – just after what he had did and what he was able to accomplish, you know, the day before, we, we knew that he had the car and overcompensated. Um, so him being 47% on was really no surprise. Finishing in fifth. Yeah. That's the, that's the shocker, the bacon man. The bacon man is, is – is, is, there's something going on with the bacon man. Yeah, is that him or is that a SHR? Or I guess we've got to give him credit where credit's due. So – we do, we do have to give him the credit there. I think that's more SHR, though. I think he said it himself at Pocono. I think he was, he was talking, uh, talking that mess, letting yeah. him know what was going down. But, uh, yeah, and then, of course, Dennis Hamlin. Old Dennis. We should start doing uh, every now and then, just doing like a little lineup review and actually going deep into the thoughts behind like the picks and all that, but maybe not tonight. But we not need, not much went wrong here, so you don't have much to critique. You know what I mean? So, like, if we had, like, a, right. a lineup where we had uh, one or two misses, we could review and share that with people. For sure. I do like this, though. This is, I think this is the first screen share we've ever done on the GGFS podcast. 
Hey, monumental episode. It is, yeah. I Not needed only. this cash, man. Uh, we had two or three rough weeks in a row. There were Dega and um, what was the other one? What, where did we watch Rain? Uh, what race was it, Randy's? Uh, Miami Homestead. Oof. Yeah, that was rough. Homestead was a rough was a rough time. We just, I think it was just Blaney and, and Hamlin were just uh, the two, the two guys that we just didn't didn't think that were going to be as spectacular as they were. But I think that we figured out that it's a championship year on on the horizon for for, for Hamlin and uh Blaney's uh definitely coming into his own big time yeah I agree um what was I gonna tell you oh um I was pissed at myself because I had plenty of entries in the uh in the main $15 tournament and I didn't put this one in there and it uh, it won 13,000 over there so the Jones boy this 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 whole lineup right here exactly won the big tournament, and I didn't enter it in the big one. I entered it in the five dollar. This is a five dollar tournament. It's a five dollar foot long right there. <laughs> There's a five dollar foot long, but <laughs> of course you know me, man. Like you've seen me now to know, like even I don't even like get too up or down over when I have a, like a big win or big loss. So like right when I saw my my winner here, most people probably celebrate. What did I do? I went over there and found it in the uh, main tournament that I had a bunch of lineups in. I went over there and found it immediately, and I was scrolling up to the very top, and there it was, the same lineup, and I was never satisfied. Were there tears? Again. That's that's the question. Were there tears? Were there tears? Not not T-I-E-R-S. Were there T-E-A-R-S? Oh, no, no. I mean, I just, <laughs> I just was I mean, like – three grand is, is good, but, but, I mean, I would probably still be sad knowing that this could have hit in that <laughs> big boy. I definitely was upset, but I also said to myself, this is typical of how it goes for me. Like, it – I wouldn't be mad if I didn't enter the tournament to begin with. Like, I don't think you, you're not allowed to say, Oh, if I were to enter this over there, I would, you know, I would have wanted way, way more money and I'm pissed about it. But if you entered a bunch of lineups like I did over there in that tournament, then you get to say that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. 100%. I guess that's, I guess that's why like I've been sticking more to just like doing my, doing my, my twenties lately, been hitting about 20 lineups. And like, I just will literally go to every contest that I can, that I can possibly and just like ring them out. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to have to experience that if, if, if when this, this time comes for me this season, I just don't, I don't want to know. Like I'd rather just know that like, Hey, I didn't have any lineups in that contest. So can't be mad. Can't be sad. Right. Right, you don't want to have the uh, like the the potential to have like your twenty five cent lineup win, but then all your ten dollar ones lose. That, that's right. that's got to be the worst. So absolutely, but still, nonetheless, an amazing feat. The comeback is real. It has started. So amazing. Yeah, yeah it's I'm excited. Year. It's been a great year uh, for tournaments for me. So I'm hoping to to keep it up. And I know you're on. I know you're real close to hitting one yourself. So. We're getting there, man. Closest I had, like, I short tracks to me have been, like, really good to me. Like, Martinsville was close. <clears throat> if I could have just had, like, one more guy. But we do have uh, Indy coming up this week, and we'll definitely be talking a little bit about Indy after our interview with Cole Pern. With Cole Pern. Do it again. Loved it. Super excited about, about that. So, yeah, it's – look – Amazing times on the horizon. Big weekend, big Fourth of July weekend. Stripes are in, um, you know, horizontals and verticals. Whip them out. I might, I might actually do. Mustache is gone. Like I feel like a completely different person. 
now that I'm just like, I'm just actually look. Something else is different. I'm not used to it. Something else is different. I don't have, like, I look like I literally was like living in a dumpster. And now I like live in a beach house in Arizona. Like bandanas and tons of facial hair. Now it's short shorts and, and striped shirts. The short shorts were always there. You just can never see me from the waist down. Well, it was always skinny jeans for me when I saw you. You're always wearing skinny jeans. It was also winter months. I don't know. I never see you with shorts on, but maybe that's because you're doing a good job with the camera. Maybe so. I don't know. Well, what about what about the uh, the jorts though? You never see me rock that's the true. jorts. That's true. Gotta, gotta love the jorts. I'm still a big jorts guy. I do. I'm, I'm going to take you to buy. I told you I was going to buy you that, that new half of the brain off of eBay that just will be able to, like, literally, it's a terabyte. It's going to be great. Things Because <laughs> you got the other side rocking and rolling. So we just <laughs> give you the memory now. That's all we yeah. got to do. But yeah, big interview uh, here. Let's, let's go ahead and just get right into it. Super excited to have Cole on the show. Uh, so here he is himself, the man, Cole Pern. All right, we now welcome on to the Garage Guys Fancy Sports Podcast a very special guest, Mr. Cole Pern, a.k.a. Pern Dog. Can we call you Pern Dog? I don't know about that one. <laughs> you don't like that one? I got a lot of nicknames already. Mm. What's your favorite mm. one? Oh, I don't know. I don't think you can have a favorite nickname. That's They just get it, you know, appointed to you. All right. Well, well that, that'll be, that'll be ours. We'll, we'll, we'll have fine. to go with that one. <laughs> I feel like I can relate, I like I can relate can't to him there. Can't I like that one right. Yeah, I know he's uh Drew. Drew's got uh, his own little, his chef boy, chef boy, oh, nice. he's always whipping up uh, the winners in the kitchen. So it's good stuff to do a little bit of the, uh, the DFS and things like that. But man, it's a pleasure to have you on, dude. We have, uh, you know, I've, been out to the NASCAR tracks for a couple of years now. We, we work with Roto Baller um, and doing our thing with Garage Guys. So it's, uh, you know, getting to kind of see, you know, your success with Martin Truex and what you've been able to bring to the table in NASCAR. Uh, what I really wanted to kind of get into here that I've never really, you know, heard a lot about or anything was kind of like where this all started for you. When, when was it that you realized that racing was it for you in your life? Uh, my dad raced stock cars and uh, so long as I can remember, I just, you know, sneak into the garage uh, on Friday and Saturday nights. That's what we did as a family. So just uh, grew up around it. That's all I knew. And, you know, we watched cup races or whatever on the weekend if we got it. Um, you know, at that time, it was not as easy to watch a race uh, as it is now. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was just kind of there. And then, um, my parents got me into go-kart racing when I was maybe seven or eight, something like that. And then, um, yeah, I'd race go-karts, you know, super competitively and then started racing cars when I turned 16 and then, uh, yeah, I raced cars for till my early twenties. And then, you know, once I graduated university, I was working full time and just, uh, yeah, it wasn't re- realized it wasn't sustainable to be, driving, running my own race team and working a full-time job. So just decided to pull the plug on all of it and then moved to North Carolina and, you know, pounded on some doors and eventually, uh, eventually got hired. Yeah. It seems to be like the huge move. You did a lot in uh cast car too. That was from like Oh two and Oh three. Yeah. So we ran the, f- yeah, we ran like a um, bunch of cast car races here and there. Like our home track was kind of like a main 
kind of hub for for Cascar in those days. And then we did uh, we had Kubota Tractors was like our big sponsor, and then they you know funded us to go run the national tour like for uh, for two years, which was good is probably way over our heads of what we were capable of doing but I learned a lot made a lot of mistakes and uh you know definitely uh you know took some lumps but it was good good learning experience for sure okay man the uh the engineer standpoint of it too like you you getting into that realm after you graduated uh working for Kevin Harvick that was something that was new to me that I learned uh that you actually worked for RCR uh that was kind of like your first gig in NASCAR was uh was Kevin as uh is is kind of like reserved as he was back there? Was he a little loose? You got any fun stories from from that experience? Uh, I think he's calmed down a lot over the years. Uh, <laughs> I think Kevin was great. I mean, he was uh, he's a bit of a dickhead, but, but I mean, everyone is uh, when it's not going well. But when it's going well, and like he's awesome, and his feedback is still like probably the best I've ever worked around you know he just had an unbelievable ability to to pick out things that were better or helping him or and things that weren't helping him and he's just continued to get better I think he's got a really uh you know as he kind of has matured and I think he says that too like he uh he really has worked hard at it and continues to work hard and that's why he's you know one of the best for sure he was a pretty unreal talent that's for sure yeah, absolutely. And going from from 07, I know that there was a lot of changes, like the Furniture Road deal started in uh, in 2010. So when you were there, it was kind of like a short stint and then going to JDD Daughtery. So, I mean, you've kind of bounced around before you like got right back in with uh, with Furniture Row. And out of working with all three of those, I mean, obviously Furniture Row was the one that, that stuck with you. What was different at Furniture Row about working for these other teams that kind of made you want to stay and, and hunker down and build a career there for yourself? Uh, yeah, I think it's just a, a tight family. I mean, the first go around at Furniture Row was going well, but um, there was some differences at times. And, and uh, yeah, I didn't really, you know, we didn't always agree on the direction we were going, or I didn't anyways. And kind of a lot of headbutting and stuff. And then it came around the second time. And then the big thing for me was like getting to go with Todd uh, Barrier back again. Um, you know, I got really fortunate enough to be paired with him when I was at RCR. And, you know, he's was a huge part of my career. I wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have done anything, you know, as well as I did with uh, without him, you know, being a part of it. So, you know, him going back out there with, when I went back out the second time was huge because we just, you know, we needed a, you needed a guy like him. He fixed so many little things and just got so many things in order that, you know, really allowed the, the laid the groundwork for it to be successful, you know, past that. So that was huge. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I, I loved living in Denver for sure. I, you know, in North Carolina was never really my thing. And, um, went back, you know, that second time and it was like, tried it again. And then it didn't work. And went the third time only lasts a year. So hadn't had a really good success rate uh, in living there. But uh, um, yeah, Colorado was awesome. And, and just furniture was, I don't know, it was just because I saw it, I think from when it was really, you know, really crappy and bad and, you know, always was kind of, you know, on growing it um, was, was huge. And Regan Smith and I, you know, we grew up racing go-karts together. Um, so I'd known, you know, known him since we were kids. That was kind of the first reason I went out there uh, in the first place, you know, between them signing a deal with RCR and then also 
Regan being there was kind of uh, was kind of a cool deal. And and then um, you know then we got Kurt, which was a, a big building year for the company because it was uh, you know we ran really well that year, made the chase. You know when it was they didn't let everybody in in those days, right. so it was uh, you know it was kind of more of a, a exclusive club to be in, and which was cool and just uh, yeah it was it was big. And then um, then fourteen sucked. Uh, you know the first year that Martin was there was a really bad year and. But it was, uh, I looked, I got a lot of job offers that year, got a lot of opportunities to, you know, go crew chief other places and, and stuff. And it was a really cool opportunity to go get to interview and, you know, kind of get an insight into how everyone else runs their programs and stuff like that. And then after doing that, I really realized that, you know, I, I felt like we could, we could the right, right the ship, so to speak, uh, in Denver and then, you know, not have to move and, and stay working with all the people that, became really close friends with and you know that's what we did right yeah i know with with being in colorado like the the transition can be different because you know like a lot of, there's some people that will be in an area where you know it's kind of like where the industry is and things like that and so it's, it's almost kind of like would you like consider yourself like an outsider in the sport in a way oh you are it's just it was just so nice i mean to be able to fly back there and you kind of got away from it all and you know we just had the small little shop it was nothing fancy and just went back and worked on race cars and and uh you know just dug really hard and you know it was uh i don't know i think there was not a lot of turnover with key people like uh you know a lot of the key people at furniture road never really left to go other places no one was trying to people are trying to poach here and there but it's not like you can just quit and go down the street for another 50 bucks a week or something like that. You know, everyone that's out there was committed to be out there. And that was just such a, such a refreshing thing, you know, compared to being in North Carolina, it was just, you know, North in North Carolina, everyone goes out for dinner because they worked, you know, at some team together and five years ago and their friends, now they work for competitors. I don't know. It's just kind of a big cesspool in that way. So it was, uh, it was really, it was just really cool just to be able to, to get away from everyone. And, you know, you go to the racetrack on the weekend, just like everyone else. But, you know, when, during the week, it was uh, a totally different vibe. Right. And I know a lot of people, like, especially like, you know, after the 2019 season, like rolling out, like there was a lot of people talking about how, like, there was some of that, like that feel like where when Furniture Row shut down, like it's just, Basically, that kind of like sums up some stuff for me too. kind of like looking at it, like at the standpoint of you getting outside North Carolina, knowing that you'd have to kind of be there again. And in that, like, was that like a huge decision uh, factor? I know it was mainly because of, you know, the family and the kids, but did that have any part in it at all? Uh, yeah, but I think, I think my time, it was more being on the road, to be honest, you know, I think, uh, you know, maybe if, maybe if furniture road still kept going or whatever, there would have been maybe it's more of a transition to be off the road and still, you know, still live there. Um, you know, maybe, but who knows? I think, uh, I think once it was, you know, when we're in North Carolina, JGR is great. I mean, it's a good job and, you know, super fortunate to have that opportunity, but it was just, we just, you know, it just wasn't us. I mean, and, and I think, uh, I think too, just being on the road, just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like every year it just gets harder. And, you know, I've been 12 years straight on the road. Um, so it's not like you just did it over, you know, for a couple right. of years and then got out. Right. It's been a, it'd been a long time. And I, you know, I think, I think the one thing that was really hard for us, I didn't, I didn't really first see is, you know, my, both my kids getting in school was really changed our lifestyle. And that, that could have happened in Colorado just as easily or would have happened in Colorado just as easily. 
So, uh, you know, once they're in school five days a week, it's not like I got Thursday morning off. Great. You know, you don't get, it's not like, it's not like during the week you're, you're home and that, I mean, it's lucky to get home for supper time, maybe two days a week. So, you know, and then being on the road, I just, I, I don't know, I didn't see them and it was just kind of that no light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. It's uh, so just opted to make the, make the change. Right. And it's a grind too, man. Like I know it's gotta be like, and, and there's a lot of aspects of that, especially when you have kids in the mix because, and even now, so more importantly with how everything is in the world with, uh, with everything going on. <laughs> so a lot of people are Actually, thinking about homeschooling. I think the travel schedule is pretty sweet right now for those guys. So all the one day shows, it's a, it's a big difference. So I kind of got out at a weird time. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's way right. They yeah, it's like, <laughs> what do you yeah, think? You know, path that all of a sudden the travel job's not near what it was. So maybe <laughs> it's just bad luck timing on my part, but it's what it is. Right. What do you think about Cole, the uh, no practice, no qualifying stuff? Um, I think it cheapens it a bit. You know, I, 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 I get it. I think it's awesome that that's, that's so critical to be able to have them racing. So there's no option. I think that's for sure what they had to do. You can't, you know, you, you're minimizing your exposure that way. It's just, I don't know. It's really smart. Um, you know, I think it's enabled them to get back racing as quick as they did, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't like it. Um, um, from, from my standpoint, I think it's, uh, um, you know, I, I don't know. I always like the three day weekends. I know they're long and, and the travel part of it's hard, but it's like, even the two day shows are such a shit fight. And to be honest, I mean, you just have yeah. no time to think about it. You know, you could have one stupid little thing wrong and it's like, you know, all of a sudden you don't have a night to think about it and the light bulb, never a chance for the light bulb to go off to fix it, which could totally flip your weekend from being, you know, crappy to being really good. So now those guys don't have any opportunity from that standpoint. Like you make one couple wrong assumptions on something and then, uh, all of a sudden you, you got a bad race and everyone's like, Oh, what's wrong? And it's like, well, we, we screwed this one thing up and we didn't have a yeah. good day. So it's just playing the incredibly lottery. challenging. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think that's just why you see guys hit it um, really well. And, you know, somebody's going to hit it off the truck. I think it, it spreads the competition more, if anything, um, than brings it closer together. Absolutely. So, one thing I noticed big about like Martin, um, kind of looking at his record, I know in like 2019 when you guys were at JGR, it seems like the short tracks kind of clicked for him at that time. Um, I know he did was went back to back with Richmond. He won at Martinsville. Um, was there a lot of work uh, with you and him together? Or was it more just like his own thing, like on his part, or like what all went into like trying to really figure those tracks out for him and become a better short track racer? No, I think it just came down and we actually closed them out. I mean, we, we had dominated Richmond for going back to 2016. I think, uh, you know, we'd led the most laps there almost like five races in a row and not one, you know, something had always just happened. And, and we, in the process, just continued to get better at it. I think short track racing is really, uh, it's challenging, you know, cause you go there and practice and you run, you know, 20 laps and yeah, you, you don't really know how you're going to be on a hundred lap run. Um, so it just takes, uh, you know, race to race is more what you, what you adjust off of. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, Richmond had been a really, really good track for us. Martin, we had really started to just continue to hone in on, on what was working well for us there and evolve it. And, and honestly, a lot of our setup that we swept 
probably both races with last year is not really different than what we had ran, you know, previous to that. Um, I mean, definitely little things here and there, I think to get better for sure. But I mean, uh, for the most part, um, it had been a really good track for us. And then Martinsville kind of, it started kind of the same thing. We were never, maybe not as, as good there, but a lot of it was setup related and just, uh, taken again time, like just to evolve, like, you know, Hey, we, we tried this last time and, and this didn't work and, you know, then evolving on it, evolving on it. And then, uh, you know, we had a really good run there and in 18, you know, and almost one, um, you know, we got knocked out of the way there at the end, but that was a really good run. And we'd led a bunch of laps, I think a couple of years before. And so it'd been coming. And then I think last year we sucked in the spring. We, we tried some different stuff in the spring that didn't work. And then it really clicked for us in the fall. Um, yeah. And then we had a win and then Domination. they went back. <laughs> yeah. It was huge. It was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we, we changed a lot going into that race, but it, it kind of clicked in a way um, for us. And then, you know, and I think they followed on that same kind of direction uh, for this year. And then they, you know, they won again. So definitely, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of little things. Um, it's a lot of little things when it comes to short track. I, I guess it, it's the same one on the intermediates too, but definitely the short track, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a fine, fine combination to get it all right. Absolutely. So like with you being in Canada, like being from Canada, just like looking at it, like obviously like you were, you know, one of the first Canadian or the first Canadian crew chief in NASCAR to win a race. Um, are you like revered there? Like Richard Petty, like in your country, like in Canada? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe, I mean, definitely in like the short track kind of world for sure. But just cause I grew up in that, I mean, it's all the same people I, you know, I grew up racing with and, um, so, I mean, yeah, you're, you're well known from that standpoint and it's been huge. I mean, everyone, uh, on the Canadian racing side has been, uh, you know, a big supporter and nothing but, uh, amazing to me. And, and, you know, I think that's, uh, that part's really cool for sure. Definitely always at races and stuff, you, you know, you have Canadian fans. I think, you know, I, I don't know that everyone realizes how many Canadian NASCAR fans there are. It's, you know, it's a huge sport. Um, yeah huge sport here in Canada. Canada's just a small country, you know, it's, it's population in California spread out across the That's crazy. Areas. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. It's just not a lot of people. And that's why cell phones are more expensive here. <laughs> Got a lot Holy of land crap. to cover. How much are you paying for a cell lot. phone? Oh, it's a lot more. <laughs> but it's, I don't know. Yeah. Cause I, I had to have an, I don't know. It's maybe it's not that much more. I, I, your, I uh, who's your carrier by the way? I'm with Telus now. At West is pretty much tell us. So, it's always yeah. the names. It's the names that you never hear from. Like we're so used to like just to synthesize like Verizon and AT and T. No, I, yeah, I work yeah. for Tell Us, Chase. I'm fine. You do? Well, look at you. Look at you. Yeah, guy. you go. I work. Uh, I work for. You're probably your cell phone insurance is probably through our company, Assurance. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, if you have so, insurance, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's been uh, it's been sweet. It's funny. It's just coming back. You know, I've been been back since you know since christmas time or whatever so it's been uh it's been an adjustment for sure i didn't i've lived i lived almost all my adult life in the states so you know i yeah, grew up in canada be, but i haven't really been an adult in canada till now so oh uh, yeah so the whole front's different now <laughs> yeah it's different yeah. but you know we're getting more used to it again i mean you know i lived a honestly i lived a third of the third of my life in the united states so it's a it's a huge part of you know, a huge part of me, both my kids are born there and they had never lived in Canada, you know, so it was, uh, it's been a big change from that standpoint. 
Nice. I did have to get getting towards the, uh, the end of the interview, kind of getting into more, a little bit of the looser questions. If you looking back on to, you know, your entire career in racing, is, has there ever been just like one of those nights or like one of those tracks that like you love the most and that you just have like, uh, probably one of your like favorite moments or stories that went down at that track and probably Dega, maybe, I don't know, but it was probably uh, the wildest time you've had on a weekend <laughs> at a racetrack. Oh, like partying or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Probably my younger years, there was a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, no, I'd say, uh, I mean, fall to Talladega is always my birthday. So that was a dangerous place to oh, yeah. have your birthday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I always get kind of drugged to the drugged to the infield a little bit, but not really later in the years. I've kind of got to be an old man a bit. Um, I don't know. I would say uh, definitely after wins, like for sure. Like for me, the craziest party in time was Vegas. Like when we won the championship, that was the most fun by far. You're in Miami. I <laughs> know. Uh, well, we never left the race. We actually never left the racetrack the night we won. I don't think we left the racetrack till six in the morning. I think. Wow. So that that was, sounds like a party uh, though. It was awesome. Yeah, it was sweet. We, I think we went back to the hotel and like maybe laid down for like 45 minutes or an hour or something like that and then showered and then we had to go back and go back to the airport and fly home to Denver. So that was a pretty hungover flight. Everyone was hurting a long time in an airplane. Yeah. Got to be when you're popping champagne. And that had to be huge too, man, because like you talking about like with Furniture Row and like taking the small team and like growing it back because like, dude, you don't see that a lot, man. So, I mean, like that's hella – fucking respect for you on that front i mean it's uh it was was hard to like with the way the format is right now we had such a dominant year that year and you know you know done so much but if you don't win it doesn't matter so to have it all come down to one race and then actually be able to you know pull it off was uh was just crazy it was cool super cool feeling absolutely man it's way more it's way more fun winning than not winning by a large large amount (laughs) Absolutely. No, I feel, we feel that every week, man. Cause we do, we do the fantasy NASCAR DraftKings. you know, we're betting and things like that. So we try to make sure we're getting all of our, you know, followers and readers, that type of information. So we want to win as much as possible as well on that front. So we know it's, it's, it's got to take, definitely you put a lot more prep in probably on the, on the forefront, but we're, we're always hoping that, that you guys in the, in the boxer are uh, tip top when we're making our stuff go down, but it's, it's so uh, hard. I mean, you got to do a million things right. And then you got to have everything go your way at the same time. It's Mm -hmm. so hard to win. Absolutely. Um, I know Drew had some, some rapid fire questions for you. Oh yeah. I've been, I've been quiet. So I saved my new chase would have all the NASCAR questions. So I just got a few rapid fire questions, Cole, and you can just one word answer it. You don't have to answer it. It's very basic. I think you'll, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to say something. You can say it's going to be like a yes or no or a pick between two things. All right. Daytona or Dega? Neither. Neither. Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. Jordan. Manning or Brady? I'm Broncos fan, so I got to say Manning. (laughs) Uh, The Office or Parks and Rec? No, I never watched either. Okay. Marvel movies or Star Wars movies? Ooh, Star Wars. Like it. Beer or bourbon? Beer. Beer. Uh, do it yourself or delegate and manage? Uh, depends what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's my time. Yeah. Uh, 
Favorite sport to watch on TV? Outside of racing, hockey. Okay, then favorite sport to attend in person? I'm assuming it's hockey. Uh, yeah, hockey. hockey. Last one, blondes or brunettes? Be careful here. Uh, brunettes. My <laughs> <wife's a> brunette. <laughs> there you go. That You can never go wrong That's with that answer. <laughs> I feel yeah, like you probably you. don't get those series of questions uh, very regularly. Everybody wants to hear about NASCAR, so I wanted to be a little different. Yeah, no worries. That's good. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, Coldy, we thank so much. Before we do let you go, there's been a rumor swirling around, and I want you to be able to either either accept it or put it to bed right here. I saw a tweet that came out probably about four or five weeks ago. It was an account, and they were talking about you and about how, you know, the whole situation went down after JGR. And they're saying that there was this conspiracy that you were leaving – and you were going back to Canada because you were going to start working with Honda and plan a return to NASCAR. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know why. I'd, if I was going to go back and give up my green card and buy a business in Canada, I don't know if I'd be doing it to come back a year later. All right. Yeah. So it's been, it's been put to bed. It's debunked. It's done. Yeah. Dude, Cole, thanks so much for being on the show, man. We appreciate it. And, uh, and best of luck uh, with, with the kiddos and being back in Canada. You're always welcome on anytime. We appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Have a good night. You too. All right. That was Cole Pern. Pern dog. He didn't really like that one, but I guess he's going to let us run with it. Uh, but just <laughs> at least he'll know yeah, that when we go. scream it. It'll be us. Yeah, we had to. Couldn't look back. But uh, that interview was brought to you by Roto Ballers NASCAR Premium Content. Go over to rotoballer.com. Use promo code GARAGE. Get 10% off. You're going to be able to see Chef Boy, Drew Dean's rankings on Roto Baller, just like you saw the lineup earlier in this episode. You can get that type of information um, week to week. You're also, you can get my free article. You're going to be able to see value plays by Sean Engel um, and many – more amazing articles and you don't have to stop at nascar this goes to football basketball baseball baseball season's coming back literally we got it all at roto baller get over there use promo code garage subscribe to some premium content today speaking of other sports uh talk briefly about cam coming to the patriots uh on the last episode on 175 you weren't here, and I've got to get your takes on this whole situation as you being a Patriots fan. How are you feeling about Cameron Newton coming up north to be with old Bill? <coughs> That's how you feel? <coughs> All right. No, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I was about to ask, uh, what did Jensi have to say? I don't think she knows anything about football. Absolutely nothing. Like, just yeah. mouth shut. Like, nothing. She's like, she only watches NASCAR. I told her, I'm like, we're going to have to talk to you a little bit about fantasy football. She don't want no part of it. No part of that no. shit. She's, she's out. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're getting to re-do uh, the conversation then. So, man, for the uh, – I guess I'll start here with the contract. Basically, it's a free contract except for incentives. So, like, they're based out. They're not paying, any, paying him anything. I think the deal makes sense when you only have Brian Hoyer and uh, Jarrett Stidham on there. But I think people kind of need to slow their brakes a little bit or like slow down. I mean, past two, three years, I don't know about you, Chase, but I feel like all I've read is he's either a awful – or he's either an underperforming QB or he's been playing injured has been the two things that since he's dropped off from his MVP form. Um, and, I mean, if the Patriots are getting MVP form or even close to that, then it's a bomb deal. But I just don't – I don't know. I mean, it seems like he would have to – 
have proved, he's going to have to prove that he's the, a little bit more of the old cam and all the uh, people saying out there on Twitter that, you know, his injury history really isn't that bad when you compare it to other QBs. Well, okay. To me, that just means he has been sucking if he's not injured. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, so for me, I mean, obviously it's good to see a quarterback, you know, like just the name itself, like get on a team. Like you, I couldn't think of a world where Cam wasn't rostered somewhere. So it's cool to see that. I, I question the fit of this, though, because thinking about Cam Newton and who he is, his personality, like meshing with Bill Belichick, it's, it, it's going to be fun to see how that plays out. Cause either he's going to get there and like things are, he's going to have to like either kind of change and, and like, I wouldn't say he's like not serious because like, even though how he dresses and things like that is people can make up whatever their assumptions they want. Like me thinking he buys and shops at Kato's, but um, it, people are going to have to understand that, that there's one or two things are going to happen. Either he's going to change or he's going to get cut. Um, and, and that's basically it. As far as him playing, Stidham has seemed to be this guy. Like, I haven't done as much research on Stidham. He's un- unproven. Yeah, he's unproven guy. I think that if Cam comes in there and he's, you know, back to old Cam Newton status, then that's a lot to say about his character and that maybe there was something more going on in Carolina that we didn't know about. Um. But it just seems like, yeah, obviously he's came out and said, you know, I'm injured. I'm not going to rush myself back. I'm going to do what I do. And I really feel like if he comes out there, guns a-blazing, and he's back to normal, then we have to ask ourselves, what really was going on in Carolina? What was really happening? What was really going on behind the scenes? Um, so I hope the best for him. Uh, I know that he's been working out with Sanu. Um, and, you know, obviously you get a little bit excited because you think about healthy Cam being paired with, with Sanu and, and Kill Harry and Julian Edelman. And that's kind of an exciting deal, um, especially with James White in the backfield. I like that, you know, thinking about something like that, like how those two guys could work out. So it's kind of up in there and open. People are going to be high on him. People are going to probably be drafting him a little bit too high in their fantasy leagues this season. But uh, other than that, I'm just going to kind of sit back and see how some things play out and um, wait till some tape comes out of him in New England. Yeah, it's – I mean, I think we both agree the the deal they got him on, basically, it's like you don't have to pay him unless he hits his incentives. And um, I think we're going to – I mean, we're definitely going to see Belichick play the not tell you who's starting card all the way to the end where he's going to say, I'm going to put the best man – the best man to to win football games. He's going to he's say the same thing over and over again. Whoever's whoever's the, the one that's going to lead us to, to, to victory is that those type sayings. So, um. I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be interesting. I, I also saw that if they cut him before the season starts or if he's not on their team next year, then they get a third-round uh, comp pick in the next year's draft. So, it's like if it doesn't work out or, I mean, you basically just get a, a, th- a third-round pick, which the Patriots love picking up those third- and fourth-round picks. So. Absolutely. And, I mean, that could, that could be the play too. The, the other thing that I think of, the other side of this is, does just put Deshaun Watson to bed going to New England? Oh yeah, that was what the odds were that he was like a, a was overwhelming favorite. favorite, right? Yeah. I don't think it does because the deal's a one-year deal, so I don't think it puts it to, puts it to bed. I think the 
the rumors are if things go south in New England, they're going to go to um, either Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence. And draft, go, through the, go through the draft. They have a crappy year. Yeah. I don't think the Patriots are capable. That's unlike that. Bill, too, though. I agree. Like, going after, like, the, the star guy, the big guy, because everybody's waiting to see where Trevor's going to go. That's like the same thing with Burrow. <clears throat> you know, people were talking about that. I just I don't think that that's Bill Belichick. You would have to bring a new coach in before you saw something like that happen. He just he, – he prides himself on finding those guys that are hidden in the bush and leading them to glory. Yeah, and can we really think the Patriots are – in order to get Lawrence, you'd have to, what, win like three games? Do we think that's really going to happen? To, to I don't think they're going to tank. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a more competitive AFC East. I'm excited to see that. I'm really yeah. excited to see that, to see if, if it's going to be, you know, as much as I want to think that the Jets could do it, like, and they may come out and shock the world, like, I just – you have to believe right now that Buffalo is going to be that team. Um and I'm excited about that, too, because I'm big on uh, Josh Allen this season. We had a mock draft recently, and our mock drafts have started back up, guys, uh, over on the Sleeper app. I got to, I pulled the trigger on Josh Allen in the first mock. Nice. Uh, I think I got him in, like, like 10th or something like that. Yeah. So it's, we, uh, That was one of our best calls last year, uh, not to get too far off track, but one of our best calls, in my opinion. I know I was super high on Devin Singletary. I was high on Josh Allen. And um, – and I was high on John Brown, and all three of them had really good years. And I know you were pretty – we basically said that the Bills or Jets, one of them's going to break out and make the playoffs, and it ended up being the Bills. Uh, and the Bills should have won that playoff game too. So. Right. And what, why should it be the Dolphins now that we're talking about these two teams? Like Fitzpatrick just comes and does what Fitzmagic does, and then yeah. you see Jordan Howard just happen to just go explosion town, and then Tua comes in and just, like, it all goes to victory. And Preston Williams and Devontae Parker are like the, them boys. So, who knows, man. It's going to be fun to watch. Hey, just Who's the Dolphins after, other on the back, by the way? Not to put you on the spot. You did, because I don't know. I'd be lying if I said it right now. Like I said, the, no, the – I, I got you. I got you. Uh, I was surprised because, I, you know, when you do a first mock draft, it kind of – there's always a few players you see and you kind of forgot about that acquisition. Yeah. Um, it happens with me. Matt Breida is there, which I think is interesting. Yeah, you're right. It is Breida. I remember yeah. seeing that now. So, yeah, it's Breida and Howard. And then, obviously, McKinnon is going to be coming back. People forget about Jarek McKinnon. Obviously, he's coming back in San Francisco behind uh, Tevin Coleman. So, that's going to be yeah. fun to watch. I think that yeah, McKinnon will be somebody slept on. But, obviously, all these analysts are going to come out of the wazoo. And don't forget about Jarek McKinnon. Just like everybody's stealing my thunder with Johnu, man. It's aggravating, yeah. man. It's like, it's like where, where did my – I feel like one of those guys from the indie music scene that, like, was on this band for so long, and then he went mainstream. And now it's just like, dang. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – I, I feel your pain on the Johnu call, but you can always say you were there first. Um, but are right. the 49ers going to be the new, like, Patriots running backs? Because everyone's – you know, uh, Mostert, Raheem Mostert, this past the last four weeks of the season basically was the dude, and then in the playoffs he had some big games. So I I wouldn't be surprised if we see them become like that Patriots where you never know if it's going to be Coleman or McKinnon or um, I, I think Mostert's going to be the guy though, that starts out the season number one with Coleman right behind him. I don't know. So. Yeah, you got you got to think so. Um, like I said, Shanahan is definitely probably going to be like the new age Belichick if we're going to be honest. And I may maybe speaking too early with that, but obviously he looks like you know, the next guy that's going to be kind of like that model coach that people are going to look at just with the way he was able to do things. So, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's going to be – it's set three setback, though. So, 
It's uh, the, the three Didn't running we start backs. Cam? We ended up at 49ers? Yep. This is what happens. <laughs> it's football season. Yeah. This is what happens with me and Drew during football season, guys. I'm telling you. So, all you guys that are watching this for NASCAR, just get ready because there is a lot more to come. We're probably going to be going back to hour and a half to two-hour episodes <laughs> before yeah. long. For sure. That's how it goes. But We've had a few NASCAR do, go that long, though. Yeah, we have. And, and speaking of that, we do got to get into a little bit. Obviously, <clears throat> shifting gears into NASCAR, no pun intended. Um, we're we're going to have the race at Indianapolis Motor Speedway this weekend. The majority of our picks and our, you know, talking points are going to be on the Rotoballer NASCAR DFS preview show on the Rotoballer YouTube channel. So be sure you're subscribed to that. Um, so you can see uh, what me and Drew are, are looking at going early into the weekend once these prices are released. Um, but we have done a little bit of digging into it. Uh, we got an IndyCar race coming up soon, I think, in a couple of months. Um, <clears throat> we've got a busy weekend. There's an F1 race this weekend. So it's going to be a big weekend for racing. Um, but I hate it. it's not called the Brickyard <laughs> 400 anymore. It's the uh, Big Machine Hand Sanitizer yeah, How fitting, right? Big Machine Vodka to Big Machine Hand Sanitizer. All the vodka companies are going hand sanitizer now. So we got this race. Uh, just like a couple of guys that I looked at early um, <clears throat> without salaries being out here. Obviously, Kevin Harvick, um, you know, he, he won this race last, uh, last September, um, led 118 laps. Joey Logano is going to be on the pole uh, coming into uh, to Sunday. And he's never won at this track. But from what I'm looking at, just from seeing like Kevin Harvick, uh, looking at Kyle Busch a couple of years ago, it seems that um, in recent years, it's like the, uh, the pole sitter um, out of those two guys has won. And then when Brad won back in 2018, he started in sixth and finished first, led all of nine laps. So this is one of those races. Like, obviously, I think that having the pole sitter is going to be important. Um, and then, you know, just kind of doing a little bit more digging and research and we'll have the majority of that. You got any, uh, any, any quick fire things about this race before no, we get I think, going uh, this weekend? I think we'll be interested in, uh, Logano, um, starting the poll. I know Logano kind of burned some people this past week starting like 36 and he was a lock and, uh, very frustrating, uh, play this past week, but I'll probably be going back to the well. Um, and then obviously you can get the rest of our plays, but there's not a big, I mean, got, uh, just as a learning point, there's really not a lot that we should be giving out driver wise until we get those prices and those, we got the starting grid, which is half the puzzle. Now we need the, the prices and, um, track history for Harvard looks good. Like you said, um, I got my eyes on Clint Boyer starting 22nd as kind of a preliminary, um, place differential play to, to round out your lineups. If you need somebody that can move up. You know, and Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman seems to do pretty well at place differential at this track too. So those are two guys that we may be talking about. We'll, we'll wait and see how things shake out and you can check those things out again at rotoballer.com. Watch our preview video over on rotoballer. But uh, other than that, great show got hung up on football. So that's a great sign that uh, I got one more season, for you. One more question. What we got fire. It. Uh, we got off a of cam, but I, I did want to get your thoughts. So how many does it work? First of all, I got three part question. Does it work? Does he start the season as the starter, and how many games does he start? And I'll answer after you do. Um, I'd like to think he would just because of how things are, because, you know, the media and the attention, they're going to want him to start. But Bill kind of does what Bill does. 
I really do definitely think it's going to come down to who's going to be the better play right now. I think that in Bill's mind, Stidham is that guy. Um, so really, I would want to think so. I mean, I feel like he's been there. He's been behind. He's been wrapped up. I, media wise, yeah, everybody's going to be Cam, Cam, Cam. I personally want to see Cam, but I feel like Bill would just do shit like that to piss people off, and then maybe like start Jared, and then like put in like Cam like two or three plays after. Like Bill seems like one of those kind of guys that would do some shit. Maybe not two or three plays after, but maybe like after a half or something, depending on how the play goes. Um, but I know that that's going to cause a lot of media tension probably um, just yeah. because when you got a big name like him going. So I want to believe that Cam will start. I think that he's going to work his ass off. And so hopefully we do see that. But as of right now, I think that Bill's looking at who's been here, who's got this plan. And I mean, they really haven't been able to do much because of Corona. So I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. It's not that I don't want to make the right call. It's just that I genuinely feel like Bill is that guy. And it does feel a little more predictable for him to go with Cam than Jared. Wait, so you think it's more predictable he goes with Cam? It's more predictable that he goes with Cam than Jared, but I feel like I feel like Bill doesn't really always do these predictable things. I just yeah. I can't remember a lot of times where I've seen him do these predictable moves. So if Cam yeah. gets out there and, and it's looking good, like I said, I'm going to wait till I see the film. When I start seeing some film of them practicing together, like I said, I think Cam and, and Muhammad Sanu – almost lost my snowball. I think Cam and oh. Muhammad Sanu have been working out. So if I start seeing some of that film and I see how he's looking, then I'll probably be like, yeah, Cam will probably be the starter. I would hope to see Cam be the starter. Yeah. I'm torn on it. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised to hear you think it's going to be Stidham because I, I think – I mean, from what I've read on on Twitter, and everyone's just assuming it's going to be Cam, and and I think that's the predictable outcome. But some something tells me that, like, I saw the odds, and the odds right now out there are plus five hundred or plus four fifty that Jared Stidham starts, and I think that's a pretty good price to take um, because this was a, a team friendly contract, and we don't know if this is a kind of like a situation where they're considering, I mean, their options, and they knew that they didn't have to count this against their salary cap, and they might still believe in Stidham just as much as they did yesterday or last week, for instance. Right. So. I've learned a lot about the Patriots from you, though. Like, I mean, just like because you're a Patriots fan, I've paid a little more attention and just listening to you and like kind of how the history has been. <clears throat> so that's kind of maybe why I'm thinking the way that I'm thinking right now. Um, it's plus two. It was plus two fifty, dude. It was plus two fifty uh, to take Stidham to start, and then it got hit hard. So I don't know what people know that me and you don't. I think Stidham has a good chance to at least battle for it, but plus five hundred means that I mean he's essentially got a twenty percent chance to to get the job, and I think he's it's more like thirty thirty percent chance he gets the job. So we'll see. Right. <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, it just it just really boils down to is Cam really healthy? So we'll find that out. Yeah. I think that things will be fine, and and we'll see. And the other part of your question was how many games does he start? Yeah, like, do you think he basically? Do you think it's gonna that goes into? Do you think it's gonna work, or do you think he's gonna get injured? Because if he gets, if it's if it's old Cam, then the Patriots just got the steal of the of the of the offseason. Yeah, I would I would feel like Bill would Bill would put him in and like make the game plan a little more conservative, but I don't think that Cam can play conservative. I think that Cam Newton's one of those quarterbacks where he has to kind of get in his rhythm and do his thing in order to be who he is. So I think that that would basically just strip him of everything that his game is about. 
So, um, and, and that, that goes more into the mental aspect and the, you know, the psychology of it all. If that's, if that's going to work, he's going to either have to understand that I'm going to have to do things differently. I'm going to have to adapt to the Patriot way. It's not Cam's way. And, and that, I feel like that ultimately is going to be the biggest factor in if this works or if it doesn't. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little different there. On, I don't really think Bill, Bill does much or Belichick does much with the, with the offense. I think that's going to be a McDaniels cam thing. I know Belichick's involved and he'll oversee it, but mainly I mean, just gameplay and personality. Yeah. I'm worried about the personality clash a little bit and, I know me and you can't stand the uh, the way he does like his IG post and his Twitter like with the the lettering and the weird like <laughs> he types in webdings. <laughs> yeah. Drives me nuts. But it's gonna be I will fun. say this: if he is back to his old self, uh, Patriots are nowhere near out of this thing. Like they're right back to probably the favorites to win the AFC. So it's like dominant, <laughs> domination continues, and then and then watch the Buccaneers turn to like Chip Kelly's Eagles. <laughs> implode. Yeah, that's how exactly. it would be. I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying the shit out of talking football, man. And I know that we we would let this thing continue running. We're gonna be talking a lot more football. Be sure you're subscribed to the Garage Guys Fantasy Football channel on Sleeper. Um, if you listen to the show and you need that link, hit me up on Twitter at Garage Guy Chase. You can follow Drew at Chef Um And again. It was amazing having Cole Pern on. We appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview. And we will be back uh, to recap the Big Machine Vodka Hand Sanitizer 400. I can't even take it seriously. <laughs> I might not even play DFS. <laughs> on Monday. I know. All right, guys. That's it. Sports. Party. Repeat. It's the Garage Guys. 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 It's the Garage Guys.